they make fur balloons. Well, at this time, I was a friend of my friend. She's a great heart, and only a servant and only a teacher. But you may know that there is none like me in all the earth. Now, if I stretched out my hand and struck you and your teacher's tent, then you would have been cut off from the earth. But, the Apostle Paul quoted the verse verbatim in Romans chapter 8. But indeed, for this purpose, I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Father, we thank you for your word, and thank you now just for being in this meeting and this facility. Take control of me. Use me, Lord. Just use me as a tool to glorify your name. That's all we want to do. We will thank you in advance. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes. Sorry. Just one little break here. We're going to try something else. I don't think we're going to get it on. Yeah, we are. Okay. Sit up or left. I tell you what, Terry. I, I appreciate Terry. That's all I can say. He just will not let well enough alone. If it ain't right, he's going to make it right one way or the other. And I appreciate it. He won't fit the front. Maybe he'll fit the back. Well, that's a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> that belt up front. <laughs> All right, let's try it again. Test one, two, test one, two, test one, two. Thank you, Lord and Terry. Amen. Man, that's good. All right. <clears throat> I started this, uh, as I read this, uh, this scripture here, and uh, the one over in Romans about Paul uh, saying that, you know, for Lord raised up Pharaoh for this very purpose to show himself his power and 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 to glorify his own name and uh, and that when it says that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and the reason that I look at that because so many people have struggled with that that particular type of stuff you know that's all right he's working on it. We got a nice roar, but it's okay. Y'all can still hear me, can't you? You don't have to get too loud. Um, but, um, you know, in some, way, in some ways it seems like God really is just kind of not right in, 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 in raising somebody up so that they can just, uh, so that he can harden his heart and he go through all of this kind of stuff. Uh, so as, I, as we think about things like that, and I, I'm sure probably a lot of you have, and there's been a lot of things discussed and, and differences, opinions, and things of that nature about God and who He is and what He does and how He does it and why He does it and uh, who's right and wrong and all of that kind of stuff. And is, how, can, how can God do this and be good? and how, Just on and on and on, you know. I mean, you can just hammer on these things. So I, as I, I looked at it, I just said sometimes we find ourselves wanting to question God's actions or uh, even that if He's good, you know. And if, you've done, and if you've done much of that and read and looked at it, if, I believe if you're honest, you, 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 you will say, I just, it's, how do you explain that? How, is, how does God do that? How does He choose? How does He 
Let, how does he foreknow stuff and, and still be good? Because we can't, we can't get a hold of that. Or, or I can't get a hold of it. Have you anybody with me? Okay. They three or four dumbins around here, but I just can't get a hold of that. I really can't. I mean, it's, I, there's no way that I could explain that. But God's God. Amen? And so tonight, I, I just titled this thing, Let God Be God. How about that? Will that work? Let's just let God be God. I haven't read the book, but I think it's pray. It may be a really a, a classic, I'm not sure, by Ray Steadman. He wrote a book entitled Let God Be God. That book is actually a, a commentary, uh, more or less, of the whole book of Job. Let God be God. Because if you know, if you go and you read Job, you find out something really Bad happened to Job, who God said was a really, really good man. Okay, to start with, that don't sound like that ought to just be the way things work, you know. But that's just the way it, that, that's the way it happened. Catastrophic stuff. Lost everything. That sort of stuff. Then he has his, his friends come by, and they all sit around for several chapters, and they all give their opinions on what God's doing and why. And I, you know, that's okay, Terry. We're, we're going to make it. You know, and, and, and that's what they do. And so, uh, all the way to the end, and uh, eventually, God shows up and begins to answer questions. And so, that's your homework tonight. Job 38 and 39. God shows up and he says, Job, where was you, son? Whenever I just spoke everything in creation. Whenever I told the, the ocean, you can only go this far, this, that's it. Big as the ocean is, I tell it what to do. What, what about all that? He goes, he got two chapters full. And he's, he, that's good. It must boils down, let's just let God be God. And so as I looked at that, and I thought about some, some stuff, and I, you know, this is my own little stab at or try of, of, of looking at that, but I want to begin by looking at Israel, the nation of Israel. And can y'all put up with that bumping every now and then? Y'all can, y'all can live with that? Okay. Uh, but let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. I'm just going to look at some stuff as we move through Deuteronomy chapter 7. And let's just begin to look at some things that's... Uh, that I think that, are, that I think is good. Deuteronomy seven. We're going to start at verse six. If you're there, say Amen. You're there because it's on the board, ain't you? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> this is Moses is is giving them the the second law sort of thing. He's going through everything the second time, and they're they're come back and they're back at the fixing to go back into the promised land after. For the second time, they're going to give it. A, they're going in this time, and he's just preparing them for that. And he tells them in verse six, he says, "For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a a people for Himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth." Amen. And then you can say, "Well, why? Why did He pick them? At all the people." On this earth, why did God just pick them? There's a lot of other people. 
but we just kind of probably just need to let God be God. You know, but people could, you could and, I, and honestly, I'm not sure, but I'm probably a, a lot of the reason behind the fact that there's such animosity towards the nation of Israel is that they're, God, God chose them. He did. But when you begin to look at everything, I mean, when, I'm, when I think about that, I, in, in me knowing what I know, I'm saying, I don't care. <laughs> I just thank God He did. Thank God that He did. And so, you know, we, you can ask those questions. Why, why, why Israel? I don't know. Why. Well, you can, I, we can run it backwards and say, well, it's Israel because He, he promised Abraham that through his seed that He would bless the, 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 all the nations of the earth. Well, why Abraham? <laughs> okay, I mean, he called him out of a foreign land, you know, wanting the promised land. But that's just God, God just doing what God wants to do, and he can do whatever he wants to, amen? amen. He can do whatever he wants to. And even whenever it don't seem right or it don't make no sense to me, he's still God. And I'm glad that whenever I, that it don't make sense to me and I can't figure it out, I'm glad to know that he's still God anyway. He's God, and He's good. So, let's read the next verse 7. It says, The Lord did not set His love on you or choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all the people. Okay, so first thing is, He he picked them, but it wasn't because of who they were. You know, I'm glad that I can be called one of the chosen. But I know for a fact it ain't because of who I am. It's not, not at all. So therefore, I can just, all all I can do is say, thank you, Jesus. Praise God Almighty, from whom all blessings flow. Just praise his holy name. That's all I know. I'm just gonna let God be God, and I'm gonna let Eddie be saved by the grace of an almighty God. God's God. And he works in some strange ways sometimes. So it's not because they, they, were, they were small, but if you think about it all through history, God has used small, insignificant things and people and places to do great things. He does that. He does that. Because in doing that, He has shown Himself for who He is and how great He is so that all the glory is bestowed upon Him. Amen? And so I think it's just good if we can just all just throw the glory on the Lord. Just constantly thank God Almighty for who He is and what He has done for me. For me. And then, and the, and then the next verse says, But, here's why. I didn't choose you because you're a bunch of you. But because the Lord loves you. That nearly made me throw my Bible when I was reading it. The Lord loves you. That's why I did. Because I love you. Tonda mentioned the other night, uh, the night watch, that we, me and her were going to uh, start to the church down there. We went last year, do a winter Bible study there. And it's on Malachi. The book of Malachi. And um, the very first, about the third verse, I've got to run into something that says, Jacob have I loved, 
and Esau have I hated. Now I've got to try to explain that. You see what I'm saying? There's ways to do that. I'm going there tonight. But when the Bible says, and I guess someone could look at that and say, how do you know that God doesn't hate you? Somebody drop a pen, we'll hear it. You could say that if you wanted to. The Lord told these folks right here, what I'm doing for you is because I love you. Now we teach our children to sing the song, Jesus loves me, this I know. Well, when, I, when I'm thinking like that, and y'all say, well, Eddie, you, you've run off the deep end here tonight. Well, I hope not. I, I still feel good about the Lord, I can assure you that. The, uh, I can go up to someone and tell, something, tell Mike, Jesus loves you. I can tell anybody on the street, Jesus loves you. I don't have to back away from that or wonder or what, this, side or the other. Because the Bible... As we move through this whole thing, and this is just one whole story from one end to the other. It's God's story. And when you get over into the second covenant, the new covenant, and you get over there, you'll find where it says, for God so loved the whole world. Okay, so I, I, don't, I, don't, have to, I don't have to question that. You know, I might not have the answers for some of your questions on other things that you may find in this word. But for God so loved the world that he gave His only begotten Son. He demonstrated that He loves the, the world and that's the people that are in this world. I don't have any problem letting them know that God, it says in verse 8, because the Lord loves you and because He would keep the oath which He swore to your fathers. He keeps His word. His word, don't, it's not going to go void. It's, not, it's going to do what it said. His word, His oath, the covenant. He's going, hey, He's going to keep His covenant. He's going to keep it. He made the covenant with Abraham, but Paul, Abraham can't keep it. Israel can't keep it. They can't keep it. So eventually he had to make a covenant with himself, but he's going to keep it. And that's the covenant I'm under. Praise God. I ain't worried about it. I ain't worried about my end of the bargain. If my end of the bargain has got anything to do with it, I ain't, I ain't going to make it. It's what God has done. It's what he's done. It's what he's doing for these people, whether they deserve or not. It's what he's done. He chose them. He's going to work through them. He's got a plan. He's doing. He's got purposes. He raises them up. He raised up Pharaoh. He's got a purpose. We can have all the questions in the world, but God's still God, and let God be God. I tell you what, if you let him be God, I think it will be more to you. He get, he's really, really big. So, it says... I loved you, and because of to keep the oath which he swore to his fathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. I just put, by his power he redeemed them from bondage because of his covenant with Abraham. Because of his covenant, that's the reason they were redeemed. And he went and done it. He redeemed them. They didn't redeem themselves. You ain't going to, you ain't going to redeem yourself. <laughs> you can't redeem yourself. You have, we have to have God Almighty. God Almighty. I, the more, I tell you what, it's a shame that I'm almost 65 years old and it seems like I'm starting to learn a little bit. 
about to check out just as I'm beginning to learn a little something. It just seems like God's just showing me things that why in the world didn't I know it a long time before? Wow. Let's go, let's flip over to chapter 9. Chapter 9, right here in, uh, in Deuteronomy. Got to keep a check on this time. Tries to get away from me. Let's start at verse 1, number, uh, uh, chapter 9. Hear, O Israel, you are to cross over the Jordan today and to go in to, dispo- to dispossess nations greater and mightier than yourself, Cities great and fortified up to heaven. You're going in to get. You're going into places a lot bigger than you are. A people great and tall, the descendants of Anakim, whom you know, and of whom you have heard it said, "Who can stand before the descendants of Anak?" That was the giants. That's the giants. Therefore, then here he says, "Understand today." I, now here, if you, first time I want you to understand this. You're going in. And you're going to put a whipping on them. But I want you to understand this. That today that the Lord your God is he who goes over before you as a consuming fire. I want you to understand that. You see, it's the same thing. Whatever I'm doing, wherever I'm going, whatever successes I have, whatever evil I may overcome, whatever it, it may be. I have to know and realize that it is God going ahead of me. It's not me. It's not me. (laughs) It's not, it's God. Now I need to spend time with God and let him work in my life and make me the kind of person that I need to be where I know who he is and what he's saying and I'm in step with him and I'm going places that he's leading me. Might not be where I want to go, but he's leading me. But I know one thing about it. He's going ahead of me. He's a consuming fire. He's not going to leave me somewhere where he's not. Is that good? Somebody say amen. He's not going to lead me somewhere where he's not already there doing some work ahead of me. That's good. That's good. That's good. God works like that. So therefore understand today that I'm going before you as a consuming fire. He will destroy them and bring them down before you so you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said to you. But number four, listen to this. Do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out before you, saying, because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess the land. I want you to understand that. I'm going ahead of you, and I'm consuming fire. I'm I'm the one, I'm going to bring the wall down. (laughs) Right? All you got to do is march around and shout glory to the Lord. The wall will come down. But it ain't because of you. It's not your righteousness. Folks, I'm telling you, I've spent a lot of my life feeling like if I could just walk the way that I needed to walk, that I would experience greater successes. I have. But the thing about it is, I believe this, God works whether I'm any good or not. God works. God does things. He moves. I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful. I want to be used by God. But I know who I am. And I never, and, and the, it, one of the easiest things in the world is when God's just winning some battles for you. 
directly. If you ain't careful, you are like me. You are strutting your stuff. That look at who I am. Boy, I am. I'm, I've got it right here. It's not your righteousness. He's what he told them. It's not your righteousness. <clears throat> Saying because of my righteousness, Lord brought me into this. But it's because of the wickedness of the, these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. It's their wickedness. See, God, God's the God over the wicked. He's over the whole world. He's God. He's a just God. Judgment will come. He judges people. He may use Israel. He may use me. He may use you to, to go in and do things to overcome an evil. I mean, my goodness, God help us. There's plenty of evil and to overcome around us and in this country for sure. Okay? God help use us. It ain't, I know we ain't much anymore. We're just like them. But it ain't my righteousness. God just used me. But because of them, it is not because of your righteousness, verse 5, or the uprightness of your heart. God knows your heart. (laughs) You know, sometimes that really scares me. Especially if I didn't have a gracious, merciful, heavenly Father. If I had a God that was sitting there saying, if I can just catch one of them with a bad heart, I'm going to knock the fire out of it. But I am. It's not because of your, of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess the land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that he drives. He's mentioned that twice now. And that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm doing what I said I was going to do. I'm going to use you. You're not worthy. You're not fit. You're not, it's not your righteousness. But you belong to me and I'm working to you. And I'm going to use you and we're going to whip them. But I, I want you to understand and know that it's me. It's me. It's not you. God help me get me out of the way. But then listen to this one. Therefore understand. Here now listen again. Now I want you to understand that the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness. As a matter of fact, you are a stiff-necked people. Why God use people like that? Why does God use stiff-necked people? Why would He? I don't know. But He does, and I'm glad that He does. Because you know what, the, the, the stiff-necked people, you know what, that, that's rebellious. That's all that means, is a rebellious people. Let me see how many amens I can get here. By nature, that's what I am. Right? By nature, that's what I am. I'm a rebellious. Hey, I rebel in a heartbeat against the things of God. I will. It's just, that's, that's, that's there. As you grow and all, those type of things should get less and less, just like the Apostle Paul, Paul preached about. But he himself, as powerful and spiritual and mighty man as he was, it seemed like the older he got, the more he realized, man, I'm a chief. I'm a chief around here. I'm a chief of sinners. Ain't that something? But it's like, 
the more you grow and the more that you realize and understand that, the better and the closer you are to knowing God the way you need to know it. That he's God and he's good. And man, all I, my biggest thing I need to do is praise God for who he is. Praise God for what he's done. It ain't no praise to me. As a matter of fact, I can, I can put myself in that verse I just read. I'm a stiff-necked person. This ain't no fun at all. Not a bit. But I believe it's true. I believe it's true. But God just works. I mean, he does. You, you, you could ask yourself, why, why would he use somebody like that? <clears throat> uh, I don't know, but he's still doing it today whenever he's using me and you. I believe it. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 44. Just really, just, you know, God, God just can work. And, he, and, I, and I tell you what, a lot of this, when I look at the things that are going on today in our world today, it helps me to understand, it makes me good to know that God's still God. He's not, he's, he's not weaker today than he was back then, that he could do things like that back then, but he can't do it today. Folks, he can raise up and do anything he wants to with anybody at any time. For his glory. <laughs> For his name. So in, in uh, <clears throat> let me lead us up to this real quick. Terry, I don't know, we got 15 or so minutes, ain't we? Uh, yeah. But in, I'm going to start verse 24 in Isaiah 44. Before I get there, we just got, to, we looked at Israel. They're going into the land of promise. They did. They did exactly what God said. He went in ahead of them. They whipped everybody. They settled, carved out the lands. All 12 tribes got them a spot. They stayed there, lived there through the times of the judges. They were up and down, up and down, sinning and back to God and crying and back to God and sinning and crying and back all through for years and years and years and years until finally they decided they needed a king. They got him a king, King Saul. He was a, he was a wreck, a mess, just Nothing much there. But they raised up a King David. It was David. God said, that's my shepherd there. That's the, that's the man. That's the man after my own heart. That's the one that through, through you, David, through you, I'm going to carry on the promise. All the Messiah come through you. All the nations of the world, earth will be blessed through you. He was the second one. The third king was Solomon. He was a wise man that just went crazy for a little while. And he lost the kingdom, busted it, split it between Judah and Israel. Ten tribes in Israel, two tribes there in Judah. And that's where Jerusalem was. They go right through all of these kings, all of these kings, all the way down to the end. And then the, in, in, in um, 722 B.C., the ten tribes of Israel were hauled off by Assyria. And they were no more. Uh, a few years later on down, 40 or so, in, in, in 586 B.C., Jerusalem fell. Babylon hauled them off for 70 years. For 70 years. Think about it is, all of this was prophesied by Isaiah and Jeremiah that this was going to happen. But Jeremiah let them know that you're coming back after 70 years, you're going to rebuild this temple because it got, it got demolished. All of this, God's still working. All these people, these people. And the reason all this happened is because they're, they're stiff-necked people. They're rebellious people. That's just where it is. <clears throat> and so it go, they go all the way through it, and then at 70 years, they, they come back and they begin to rebuild the temple and try to set it up, and that's where we're going to be getting into Malachi. And, and they finally, it's the last prophecy, and it's 400 years before the 
Christ come. But here in, in Isaiah now, we're reading here, this is in the year 690 from the timeline that I was studying, 690 B.C. Okay, so this is, this is about 100 years now before Jerusalem would fall. A long way. This down in the middle of the kings. We got a long stretch to go. But it was a long ways before the, it would fall. But let's, let's get in here and look at this here because uh, Jeremiah said it's going to happen, it's going to fall, but God's telling them something through this man 100 years in advance. Verse 24, Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, and he who formed you from the womb, I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads abroad the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of the babblers and drives diviners mad, who turns wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolish. He's the man that makes foolish, foolishness of the wise, of this world's wise. Folks, I think about that whenever I, I see things on the internet or hear things on the, about some great scientist or something other that's come up with something that, you know, all that kind of stuff. He's really wise, smart. God's still God. God's still God. But listen to this now. He says he turns back. He turns back to uh, the wise men. But look at verse 20, 26. But here's what. Who confirms the word of his servant. Amen. Hey, and you know what? Don't matter who his servant is. If he's got his word. If he's got his word. Okay, he turns back. He turns back. He, he confirms the word of his servant. And he performs the counsel of his messengers. Listen to this. Who say to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited to the cities of Judah. You shall be built. And I will raise up her waste places. Stop and think for a minute. They could say, what in the world are you talking about? What are you talking about? It's a hundred years before this happened. We're all right here. There ain't nothing down. What you, what you talking about? That's God. See, God can do that. Let God be God. Let Him speak. Say, so I, I confirm what my messengers speak. And He was speaking that to them. This is going to happen. It's going to happen. Because He's God. And He sees in advance. You think, golly, how does, how does He do How does that work? You know, it looks like maybe that they could get it straight and maybe it wouldn't happen. God's, God's sovereign, and I ain't. I can assure you that. I can't understand that. But God knows all about it. He knows what He's doing. He's, he's God. It goes on, Who says to the deep, Be dry, and I will dry up the, your rivers. Now listen to this. Who says of Cyrus, Who says of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, You shall be built, and to the temple... You, your foundation shall be laid. You say, well, what, what's going on here? Well, the Lord's telling them it's going to fall. It's going to be a heap, but it's going to be rebuilt. And there's a man named Cyrus that I'm calling my shepherd, and he's going to come in, and he's going to see that it gets done. Right? The only thing is, is it's about, probably about 150 close to it years before Cyrus is even born. <laughs> and he's talking about Cyrus. And that's up. God's God. 
But I ain't done. Let's just keep looking at this Cyrus. Well, I, I will just tell you this up front. Cyrus ain't a Jew. Cyrus ain't under that old covenant. As a matter of fact, you ain't going to believe this. Cyrus is an Iranian. Helping Israel? Isn't it amazing that even today, Iran, Israel, they all still there, ain't they? How well we know. Boy, they don't like Israel, but Israel's there. Because God has said they're going to be there. And they still get stuff to happen, folks. Did you know that? And God's still in control. Isn't it exciting to know God? To know that. How it all comes out? I don't know. But listen, that's, that's Cyrus. He come from Persia. Meets in Persia. Come, and he, 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 uh, uh, he defeated Babylon. And Jew, they were there for 70 years. And then he's the one that told them to go back and build a temple. And they did. And the foundation, the temple, and the walls. But listen to this. This is good. And, and we'll, we're getting close to closing. It says, thus, thus, and 45. Thus says the Lord to his anointed. Have you ever? To Cyrus. <laughs> a, Jew, a, a Gentile. Uh, my anointed whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him to loose the armors of kings to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut wow that's what he did for Cyrus he, he did he took over he took over he says I will go before you and I'll make the crooked places straight and I'll break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron and I'll give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that you may know that I the Lord who call you by your name am the God of Israel why is he doing it for his own name for his name I'm, going, I'm making my name great and I can use anybody I want to and I'm going to use I'm using Cyrus I'm the one that set him up I'm going to use him to do just exactly what I said I was going to do with him. He's my man. And you think, why, why do you, why, why you think God do that? Just pick an Iranian or somebody. He, he, don't, he don't know. He ain't sacrificing nothing to the Lord. He don't know nothing about all that stuff. He's a foreigner. God says, that's who I'm going to use. I tell you what, I'm just going to let God be God and use who he wants to. How about that? Use who he wants to. And then it goes on to say, For Jacob my servant's sake, and Israel my elect. For them. For that stiff-necked bunch. Okay? Am I right? <clears throat> I have even called you by your name. It's, it's, it's for them. I'm working through them. I, this is, it doesn't matter. I'm working. I'm doing something. I'm just, all I can do is say, Thank you, Jesus, that you're doing something in my life. You're doing something in me because you're there. I have even called you by your name. I have named you, listen to this, though you have not known me. You don't even know who I am. I'm going to use you anyhow. Isn't that wild? To me it is. I'm thinking, why not go get you somebody there that's, you know, one of those... Captives that's probably a good, loves the Lord and living spiritual life and reading the, the Torah and, and doing everything and all that, you know, raise somebody up there. You know what? I'm, I'm going to use him. I mean, as a matter of fact, I even call him my anointing. 
It says, <clears throat> in verse 5 says, I am the Lord and there is no other. This is, this, folks, this is powerful. If you just read this here, it'll, it'll hammer on you that God wants you to know he's God. He wants everybody to know that. And eventually, everybody will. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. That, that's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm the Lord and there's no other. There is no God beside me. I will gird, I will gird you, though you have not known me that they may know from the rising of the sun to the setting that there is none beside me. This is the world. The world's going to know who I am. And Cyrus, I'm just using you as part of it because you're in this plan that's still working out right on through the end. All through the end. I'll be glad whenever the day comes that this world, everything in this world, on this world, will know that God is God. And believe it. Believe it. I'll be glad when he sets everything right. He says, <clears throat> I am the Lord and there is no other. I, I form the light and I create darkness. I create light. I create darkness. We think, well, darkness isn't good. He said, well, I, I created that. But only in this, and if you had the King James, this would really do you some good. <laughs> King James says next verse, I make peace and create evil. That's what King James said. I make peace and I create evil. Your other, my, this is a new King James that I'm reading, but it says I make peace and I create calamity or the disaster. You know, the peace or the, the disasters. I'm God. I, I'm God. You know, we, why, why the disasters? But I'm God and I created that. Wow. But we just have to let God be God. That's what he's saying. And I, the Lord, I do all these things. He's God. And I think about, Tony, you can eat smiling up here. And as I close here, and I move on into, and I look over toward the New Testament, these are things that just was in my mind. <clears throat> um, I like in Acts 9, 13, 16, just, just to show you how God, God hasn't changed. He, he does things very different from what you would think. In Acts 9, 13, it says, Then Ananias answered the Lord, and answered, said, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints in Jerusalem. And here he hath authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on, on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me. <laughs> the man that told him it's okay, just kill Stephen. Just kill him. I'll, I'll, give, I'll make it right. Just kill him. He said, I'm going to use him. It got, isn't it? God, why, why would you even think such a thing? I tell you what, I'm thankful that he, he don't hold me too tight, okay? that I've got to do everything, or he ain't going to do nothing. No, he's God, and he loves me. He's God, and he loves me. He says, Go thy ways, a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name, my name. See, and as I close here, I'm talking about my power and my name. He said, I won't, you, you're going to know who I am, for what he told him. And the world's going to know who I am. My, by the, my name before the Gentiles and kings and the, the children of Israel. 
for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. I picked him. I know what he is. He's who I'm going to use. And he's going to suffer for my name's sake. Do I, would I want to do that? I said, well, Lord, if, you, if, you know, if it's going to be one of them tough jobs, <laughs> just, you know, call somebody else. Call somebody else. Well, Lord, if you, if you can use me in any way. And folks, let me tell you, there's, there's people walking some tougher roads right now that love the Lord with all their heart. But God may be showing himself mighty through them. Through them. In some way, fashion, for his name, his glory, and his power. And not only that, talking about in Acts 4.13, I love this. This is when they took Peter and John and brought them in, questioned them. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. If you want to just turn the whole world upside down, go find you some unlearned and ignorant men. Now who would do that? God. Jesus picked them. They, didn't, they, they were not taught. They were not learned. They probably didn't go to school. They probably, I don't know, they probably didn't know how to read. They knew that. These are just unlearned ignorant men. And they marvel. But here's the deal. See, that's the power of God on display because they knew right off it ain't the power of these boys. It ain't because they got any sense at all. And then what happened? When that happened, what they do? And they took knowledge of them, what? That they had been with Jesus. Where's their mind go? To me. God says, I work through people for me, for my name. God, you can work through me for your name. Are, y'all, are you willing to say that? No matter what, Lord, you can work in me for your name, for your glory, in whatever way, even if it says he's going to suffer, he's going to suffer many things for my name's sake. Oh, I, not, not that one. Give me another. Give me another. Give me. No, I don't want that neither. Give me another. Well, that don't sound to I might can do some of that. We don't do like that. God, you use me. You're God. I let you be God and you use me ever how you want to. Folks, let me. T- I, I just want to read it. I'll run over two minutes. In Isaiah 55 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. And my ways are not your ways. For the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. Listen to me. When he says that my thoughts are not your thoughts, he's not saying you don't know my thoughts and I ain't letting you know what they are. That's not what he's saying. What he is saying, listen to me. You can't think like I think. That's what he's saying. You can't think like I think. You want to tell me that I'm serving a God who can't think any deeper than me? <laughs> can't, that I, can't, I can't think like God. I can't. The finite, fallen, sin-cursed creature, mind to mind, and I'm going to question God. He said, no, he'll just show up and say, hey, bud, where was you when I did this? I'm God. I am God. And I am so thankful. 
He works in some strange ways. Stand if you will. I want to read this. Go ahead and stand. I just want to read this because as I was thinking that, how many of y'all ever heard this? God moves in mysterious ways His wonders to perform. Have y'all heard that? Well, don't go to the Bible and try to find it because it ain't there. That ain't in the Bible. It's good, but it ain't in the Bible. As a matter of fact, though, those words were penned by the man that wrote the song I opened up with, William Cooper, that wrote, There is a Fountain. And he wrote, God moves in a mysterious way His wonders to perform. He plants His footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, He treasures up His bright designs and works His sovereign will. Can you hear amen? Ye fearful saints, take fresh courage, take the clouds ye so much dread, are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Golly, bum tarnation. Is that good? Those clouds you're dreading, they fixing the bust with some good stuff. <laughs> Judge not the Lord by feeble sense. Eh? But trust Him for His grace. Behind a frowning providence, He hides a smiling face. That old boy that wrote this stuff, by the way, he suffered with he, insanity. He, he spent a lot of times in the same asylum. And that's something we in Cooper. <laughs> God uses who He wants to. Unfolding every, His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Whew. He might have been crazy, but he is blessed with a gift from God, I can tell you that. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. In other words, you won't see it. You won't see his work. Blind unbelief. God is his own interpreter, and he will make it plain. Wow. Tonda, the altar's open if you